Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Molly McBride. We recorded this in October in Melissa Takish's backyard in Eugene, Oregon, six feet apart. Shout out to Roderick Cumming, Ellen Arity, Sarah Howard, and Lisa Orenstein, Get Up in the Cool's newest Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for a great ending to Get Up in the Cool month. The yearly fundraising month is really important to the show. It helps me budget for the coming year because the show takes a lot of resources to make. So again, thank you. And thank you to everyone who signed up last month and everyone else who's keeping Get Up in the Cool alive. Oh, and I went ahead and entered all the new patrons to the raffle for a vinyl sticker with the new original Get Up in the Cool art from Howard Rains. And the winner is Lisa Ornstein. Thanks, Lisa. I'm always so humbled when guests turn around and fund the show. So... Thank you, and enjoy your sticker. Oh, and again, I swear the winner is chosen at random, but Lisa is organizing Georgia on Our Minds on Sunday, December 6th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. It's a 90-minute Facebook live stream concert of American old-time and roots-based music to benefit Can't Stop, Won't Stop, a Black Voters Matter outreach campaign. I'm emceeing, and I'll probably play a few Georgia tunes in between acts, but the main event will be the performances from Bruce Molsky, Dante and Eros Falk, and former guests of the show, the Sassafras Sisters and Jake Blunt. This organization is the real deal. Giving money to Black Voters Matter is a great way to support the cause without taking up too much space or getting in the way, and you'll get to hear some fantastic music in the process. That's Sunday, December 6th, 5.30 p.m. Pacific in the Quarantine Happy Hour Facebook group. I linked it in the show notes. Hope to see you there. All right, let's get started. Here's my interview and jam with Molly McBride. Enjoy. Thank you. 
times. What? Three more times. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> uh, I would have done it three more times, but that's fine. <laughs> like halfway through that, I was like, oh fuck, we didn't talk about how long these tunes go. Oh, sorry. I already, I just said fuck. Oh, I'm too nervous to know. I, I said it because I, because I suspected that you were going to end up saying it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, let's break the, the fuck guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you for doing that, Cameron. Yeah. Uh-huh. Molly McBride, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be on this show because it's so amazing. Um, and because you are amazing. I'm so, okay, stop. Rambling. <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> I'm a t- no, it's fine. Uh, peep, uh, the the Michigan crew has been asking for you to be on for quite a while, and just over and over and over again. When are you gonna have Molly McBride on? And I'm really glad that you said yes to do this interview. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> That's so flattering and good. Uh, yeah. If, like, listeners, I don't know if this is going to make the cut, but if listeners can't tell in my voice, I feel super awkward. <laughs> Just, I don't like compliments, and oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, let's, I'm going to restart. Yeah, no, let's sit in it. <laughs> it. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is awkward to be. I'll say this, too. On record. Like, Cameron, you know this about me. I'm a, I'm a PhD student in um, anthropology and folklore, and probably for as long as I've been playing old-time music, I've been interested in, like, um, interviewing other people. Mm. And so, like, to sit on, quote-unquote, this side of the microphone, yeah. um, I'm not used to it. So, like... It's, ac- it's actually really different, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually really hard. <laughs> I remember the first time I got interviewed after doing the show for like a couple years and I just the stuff I was saying I was like oh my god <laughs> this is awful I, and then it gave me a lot of empathy for people that I interviewed <laughs> yeah I bet. <laughs> hey what are you what are you doing uh, your PhD in specifically <laughs> why why are you doing a PhD you you're from Michigan we're in Eugene because you're going to U of O. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're doing folklore. That's 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 related to what we're doing here. Yeah. Why Why are you doing folklore? Oh my goodness! Should I go into my little my little life story? Yeah. About this. Well, um, actually, first, can I just say, like, yes, it's so funny, Cameron. Like, for as long as this show has been on, you know, like. In the in the little in the little moments of the day when you like talk to yourself, yeah, or like when you pretend you're on a talk show or something, yeah, I have done that with this show, and Aww. so for so many years I've had this conversation in my head about like, what am I gonna say if I if, if I'm yeah. ever on it or like you know whatever. Um, How and quickly now, am I gonna say the f word? Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, thank you, Melissa. Yeah, thank you for the toast. Oh, um, this looks so good. Now that I'm on it. Uh, I have had no time to, like, just because of school to, you know, um, write up my TED Talk. So, uh, <laughs> it's like changing expectations, which is the theme in my life. Anyway, okay, just seriously. Wait, wait, no, hold on. You just said a vulnerable thing. Yeah, and I want, I want to honor it by, by, I'm going to say a vulnerable thing. That's me doing the exact same thing. When I, 
when I moved to Philadelphia, I had basic constant daydream fantasies of running into Terry Gross at a coffee shop, and then we would get to talking, and then she'd ask me to be on her show. (laughs) (laughs) That is so amazing. Yeah, thank you. And it never happened. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. I got close. One of my banjo students is friends with, is it Dave Davies? The person who every once in a while subs for Terry. And I was like, oh, it's right around the corner. And then it never happened. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Never say never. Folklore or... Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I was in... um, Well, I don't know. It goes back to... Like, when I got into old-time music, I... um, like also coincided with me getting into it as an academic interest just like I'm sure most people do so I was in college um um I had like a professor mentor two of them Chris Scales and Joanna Bossy and they were like you should go to grad school in uh at Memorial University in Newfoundland Okay. Um, and study ethnomusicology. And so I did that uh, because, like, what do you do after college these days? Except if you're in the tech industry. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, um, yeah. And that was, like, oh, my gosh, one of the best times in my life. But I was, I was in ethnomusicology and I was studying. I ended up doing, like, country, early country music radio and comedy. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, now I think about what I wrote, and I'm like, oh, oh, silly Molly. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Um, but uh, after that, I mean, so that program is kind of like the Indiana University program where it's like folklore and ethnomusicology. And I learned about folklore there. I was like, I, I'm never, do, like, what the fuck is folklore? Never doing that because, like, this, this sounds like a made-up thing, like, Um, I also learned about uh, like contractual contingent labor there and I was like I'm never doing that Um, but I and you know after I uh, left for coursework left left coursework left Newfoundland came to Michigan where I did my undergrad so I already had connections um, worked as a on call you know person in a Uh museum Uh (laughs) Uh, and I worked at a public folklore program with Micah Ling. Um, Shout out. Yeah, the Michigan Traditional Arts Program. And there, has, I worked for a number of years. It was like a pretty also amazing experience because I went from working in the archives as like an intern when I was an undergrad, uh, digitizing like a, a reel-to-reels to doing field work yeah to um hiring other people to do field work to yeah. festival programming to wow. <laughs> the last year uh attempting to book the music and dance for the great lakes folk festival there's there was a bunch of stuff with that um <laughs> it was canceled by a um a mean guy oh no um, i don't it's it's stupid should we name names should we out him? Oh, no. I mean, okay. if you Google his, it's not. But it's also, <laughs> okay, okay. it is what it is. Like it is what professional it is. stuff. Who cares? Yeah. Um, uh, fe- festival uh, bureaucracy and power structures and, like, all that stuff. 
Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. I have this thought in my head that, like, if Micah Ling listens to this, she's going to be like, that's not what happened. Or, like, it does matter. I'm just, like, blanking out right now. <laughs> so, in my, in my, it does matter. It is important. But for our purposes here, okay, it's not yeah. important. Um, <clears throat> asking people, like, what they're worth money oh mon God. and monetary is like it was horrible it was not something i wanted to do it's not really something i want to do in the future um but it was fun and so then after that i was like uh okay like i probably need a job that is like uh full like um actual <laughs> actual like full-time i'm hired in i have sure full benefits and I was told by, you know, like multiple people I should go do a PhD. So, you know, la la la, here I am in a PhD program in anthropology and folklore. I'm studying right now. What I'm, what I'm really interested in, I'm sorry, this is so long-winded. Uh, right, in... Apology not accepted. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, to anyone out there, Lansing, Michigan is a magical place. Mm. Um it has this wonderful queer community mm. and being um a part of that like in whatever way mm -hmm. uh i just kind of be i don't know i i just i don't know i have such fun memories of living in lansing i don't want to i didn't want to leave um so anyway what i'm studying is like i'm really interested in queer identity uh and how it gets defined regionally. I mean, there's like yeah. such great work on rural queer studies. <coughs> and I hope to like one day talk about what it's like to be a queer in the Midwest and yeah. like post-industrial town and like yeah. all the funky stuff that goes along with that and like race and class and histories of all that kind of stuff so i mean right now i'm researching uh i'm like participating in this uh women's chorus so yeah. that's where i am right now i'm so sorry <laughs> no that's great i like where that ended <laughs> i'm glad i asked <laughs> yeah um something <clears throat> extremely pertinent to that is do you have as a folklorist do you have like a take on um taylor swift naming her newest oh album gosh. folklore <laughs> oh my gosh the folklorist went wild i could oh uh, yeah it didn't make its way to me but i was just sort of assuming oh my people gosh had thoughts <laughs> yeah the, so there's the american folklore society which if you're going to join any professional society that's a pretty good one right. uh they i heard uh, micah would know more about this but i heard they had they called a special emergency meeting oh my god <laughs> yeah because the, the hashtag was taken over and then, I mean, it's really interesting. Actually, Cameron, it, it brings up a really interesting point in folklore because on the one hand, you have um, stereotypically older uh, folklorists sure. who are like, oh, we need to educate. Um, we need to educate people who are using this hashtag now about what folklore is. Yeah. And, and often they have a very narrow view of what folklore is, like, you know, fairy tales. Uh, yeah old-time tunes yeah uh ballads etc and then there are younger folklorists who participated in that discussion were like uh like fuck fuck that yeah. <laughs> like uh <laughs> anybody has owner like uh the, so there there was the conf the american folklore society conference is going on right now 
and someone, I wish I could quote them, said, uh, folklorists don't own folklore, right? Yep. So like anything can be folklore. That's, that's kind of my approach. Um, that's great. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we should play another tune. <laughs> and then I think in the, in that time, I feel like I have a question brewing about that and how that relates to, uh, or might relate to your relationship with the old time music community. <laughs> LOLs. LOLs. <laughs> what do you want to play next? Multiple Zs. Um, why don't we do uh, Brass Town? Because I... Yeah. yeah. Brass Town. Should I introduce it? Yeah. Do that thing? The the move? Or introduce it. Whatever you want. Um, yeah. Okay. It's up... No, it's, I'm just saying <laughs> it's up to you. I don't know. Um, it's your episode. <laughs> I, I should say... I guess maybe it's like a disclaimer. Although I'm really like trying to get away from disclaimers as a gendered thing. Uh, Did you just disclaimer your disclaimer? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's like, yeah, typical Molly. Um, So Brass Town was a tune written by, um, I'm probably going to mispronounce her name, Donna Hebert. Hebert. Okay. Um, And I didn't learn it from her, so it's changed. Uh, Cool. So, um, sorry, maybe not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I love your tunes. Anyway, okay, la la la. Let me make sure I'm still uh NG. Okay. Will you will you play uh I don't know, a G? A G and a D or something? <laughs> it's so good. Did you do it in did you put butter on it? It's olive oil. It's so good. <laughs> because Molly didn't even want any butter or peanut butter. Or anything on her toes. And I'm like, what about olive oil? She's like, well, if you want to gussy it up, that might work. Six blocks away. This is hyper local meal. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I just really, well, the olive oil came from California. You're a very good get, uh, host. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. So hospitable. Thank oh, you. Of course. I, you know what? I am so happy. I was so sad when I came in, and now I feel so good. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much for being here. Like, just this little glimmer of, like, regular life. Like, oh, Brasstown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. La la la. It's a little cold here in Oregon.
Oh, that's such a that's such a special tune. It's a cool one. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Donna. Thanks, Donna. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. You you're talking about this like tension between gatekeeping and anti-gatekeeping in the folklore community. And it reminded me of the all-time community for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I guess I was just thinking, you know, someone who's investing as much time and resources into something like folklore and ultimately contributing to the to the definition of what that means you must have a lot of ideas about um i mean ultimately exclude and inclusivity <laughs> and and what that yeah uh can you, you know can you can you speak to that <laughs> at all like uh you know what's your experience been in the in the old time community as someone who you know, think, thinks about these things uh, on, like, a, a high level. Yeah, uh, that's such a great question. Yes! I nailed it, again. <laughs> oh my gosh, because I have so many things that I, I want to say, but I, so I, <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Let's burn it down. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, one thing, when I was thinking, <laughs> you know, in my, in my uh, time, when I was pretending to talk to you in my head, I was thinking about how I um, was introduced to this music, but more specifically, how I was introduced to the larger community, like the national community. Um, because I, I, I love the old time community in Michigan, um, hmm. in Lansing specifically. Yeah. But I remember there was this, um, there was a, there was a person who. Uh, who was like a, a introducing the national community to me, um, like festivals. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, he told me at that time, you know, just a couple of years after I had started playing, he's mm. like, uh, you know, you're 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 pretty good for Michigan fiddling, <gasps> but you're like probably like maybe average or something nationally. <gasps> no. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, I, why I don't did know. He, why did he tell you that? I don't know. It was, it, at the moment I remember, it was kind of um, not elicited. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe it's a way to contextualize And I, I'm not trying to call anybody out because everybody has their reasons and everybody, right. like, everybody learns and changes. But, I mean, so that framed my kind of introduction to this larger thing called old-time music. You're along. Like- on the on the defensive like first festival because of that like statement. oh totally yeah Shit. yeah totally huh. and then I went to my first festival Mount Airy mm. and I remember sitting at a jam that that same person um, encouraged me to sit at, mm-hmm. at which was so nice um, and I I remember uh, doing the thing that you all do like uh, asking the fiddler oh what a cool tune where did that come from sure sure and getting a what what seemed to me to be a bitchy response uh-huh <laughs> and then i because, left the because jam. you should know or something like, yeah was or that like the vibe? How, yeah i should know or like how dare i interrupt the jam yeah i'm you know wow i don't know there's so many there's so many conversations that go on about like uh how do you have an inclusive jam but also like jamming with only the people you want to jam and yep. i feel like i haven't heard any 
I mean, not to knock anybody, but, like, productive conversations about that. Other than, like, people like maybe Rachel Eddy who are, like, super inclusive. Yeah. And has, like, a sort of a little, like, curriculum of... (laughs) Of, like, how to teach people to participate at a high level, but anybody. Mm-hmm. And how to protect the experience for other people. Yeah, you're right. Other than other than them, I can't think of anyone that's, like, a perfect kind yeah. of idea of that. Well, you know, so, like, the group the, the group where I first learned old-time music, the Pretty Shaky String Band, shout out to them. Hmm. They, they are, um, to a fault, inclusive. Sure. Um... It goes round robin and everybody picks a tune. Yeah. Okay, so the other... So, <laughs> to change gears just, like, a tiny sure. bit, the other thing, which um, your question may or may not have been asking, mm. <laughs> is, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, my friend, Linnea Jemison, who lives in Montreal and is a wonderful musician, she plays all types of fiddle music, including old time, uh... She and I in college were uh, goofing around and decided to write some uh, folk fiction about old-time music. Yeah. <laughs> some some people have read it. Um, I won't read it now because it's dark. <laughs> it's a, it's I, have a, a f- I have a phone. <laughs> it's a fucking hoop, but I'll, I'll just say to you, like, it, uh, it, you can find it on Tumblr. <laughs> Okay. Somewhere. Do you? I will link it on Tumblr. I will find it. Oh my gosh! I'll, I'll have to ask Linnea for the link. So or or maybe you'll, or maybe you'll read it before the end of the episode. Maybe yeah. A dr- <laughs> we I do enjoy doing a dramatic reading. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but the thing is, is I was like reading it again, and I, I wrote it in college, and I was like, <clears throat> you know, like didn't know anything, and uh, and it's not based on any one person. Uh-huh. Um, it's based on, like, stereotypes and, like, a tiny bit of, uh, personal experience, not the sexual part, which I, is what I told you before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'll just, I just want to describe. I can't tell if Molly's winking because it's so dark. Oh, no. It's my time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very good at lying. Um, so there's a scene where the protagonist, a woman, it's a very heterosexual, I'll get to that, I guess. So she... I'll set the scene for you. Okay. It's in a West Virginia town. And there's a workshop by a very well-known fiddler. A celebrated fiddler. A man, of course. And uh, so she goes to the workshop. <laughs> and, um... Like, she uh, notices this striking young man. And he ends up being the, the, the celebrated fiddler. And so they're all tuning to cross G and uh, she's a little slow to tune she hadn't done that before and so he comes over and he says "Um, do you need a tuner and she's like oh yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) all the while like noticing his you know whatever I don't remember green eyes or whatever and again this is not based on anyone this is based on me reading romance novels um (laughs) and uh his strong forearms and uh Uh and then he's like (laughs) and then he's like um something like uh you you look like you're having some trouble it'd be quicker if i just tuned that for you yeah and while he's tuning her fiddle for her as if she's incompetent 
she admires his dark hair, yeah. thinks about running her fingers through it. Yeah. And so anyway, I mean, there's a lot, a lot goes on, <laughs> and it's, like, pretty funny to read. Um, also amazing. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, this story, like, I wrote it for fun. Yeah. But it's really about, like, this idea of c- compulsory heterosexuality in old-time music. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that was what your original question was getting at or not, but... <laughs> I mean, unpack that for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how do I do that? <laughs> well... I know about, like, weird gender dynamics in old-time music, and I know about the concept of heteronormativity in general, but I would love to hear you talk about why is that... the. Not why, but how that meets in the middle. Yeah, so, like, in my experience, and I recognize that other people's experiences are different, um, so so much of my understanding of old-time music was formed um, on how people f- perform at festivals, really, like, yeah. who the celebrated musicians are. Um, and that includes, like, particular ideas about masculinity... Yeah. Um, you know, evidenced by the fact that it was so easy for me to write a stereotype. Sure. <laughs> um, and I think that part of, like, this gender performance in old-time music, uh, wh- wherein, like, women are compelled to wear their cute uh, floral dresses. Yeah. Um, and be skinny. Yeah. And uh, be earthy as well, and like back to the farm. They're gonna, whatever. I'm not, not knocking that lifestyle because that's absolutely great, and I wish I like had the skills to do that. You're talking about the forces behind the trend, not any individual person. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. This is not, I'm not calling out anyone. Uh, this is really a reflection about the pressures I felt. Um, yeah. Because I, I'm not super feminine. I'm not skinny. Uh-huh. I don't really like wearing floral dresses. Uh-huh. Um, and yet, I think there's... there's Anyway, so I think part of those gender performances go along with, like, uh, heterosexuality. Like, mm. you are drawn to the very masculine person. Yeah. Or you're drawn <coughs> to, um, you know, the cool guy who... Uh, is in a cool band. Yeah. Like, one at Clifftop or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally making this up. Uh, the stereotype, but... You're saying there's sort of an underlying... Like, celebrating musicianship. That there's this other layer underneath of it that's a socially sort of sexual layer. And then underneath that, it's like heteronormativity. <laughs> that yeah. It's, that, it's, that it's specific... That that's all related. Yeah, I yeah. think I think so, and I I don't know. I mean, I guess now I I'm kind of like feeling funny putting out my little TED talk here. Uh, <laughs> I guess I just want to reiterate: this is really what I felt. Yeah. I felt like I had to be a feminine person if I wanted any guy to notice me. Yeah. And then yeah. later on, I mean, here I am, like what, almost ten years later, and I'm like, what? Why? Why would I want a guy to notice me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. In that way, and. Yeah. Um, hey, let's do that thing where you say something vulnerable, and then I'll just say an, a, a vulnerable thing. Okay, yeah. I felt just a lot of that same stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah, like, well, like, early on, just being, like, I can't grow a beard. <laughs> and there's just so many 
just like very very masculine coated like beardy flannel bros Mm -hmm. who like play old time music and it's hot it looks good it's a good look I'm not saying it's not Mm -hmm. but like I remember I remember uh, just having a lot of conversations with women who were all specifically saying like oh my god this person it it was always like the same guy not the literal same guy but it was Mm -hmm. always like a, a very specific type that was yeah there was like a there's like an alpha beta etc thing going on and i remember yeah feeling conflicted because at the one point i was like okay so essentially what i'm hearing you say even though you're not saying this on purpose but what i'm hearing you say is that like sort of musical prowess in this community and specific like specific gender coded sexual prowess are basically the same thing mm-hmm. and if i want to be appreciated in one area i have to be appreciated in this other area too in this specific way mm-hmm. and it's like well but i can't like grow a beard you know and then it was like but i don't want to <laughs> grow a beard either i like like my body and like actually i really specifically would be really uncomfortable if I uh, looked that way because that's not how I feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then yeah, going through that whole like, there's this, there's these like sexual hierarchies going going on, and that that are overlapping with like musical <laughs> sort of yeah. admiration and yeah, and feel and now, you know, not ten years later, but like I've been playing for like I guess eight years now. Now I'm just sort of like, oh yeah, why would I want that attention? <laughs> that mm-hmm. sounds actually really stressful, and like that would cause me to feel more dysphoric and more misunderstood. And yeah, so I appreciate you sharing that. Thanks for letting me take up a little space. I'm just saying that what you're saying. Like I know you keep saying this is my personal experience, and I'm sure it's not everyone's experience, but it's my experience, and I appreciate you saying it so that I had opportunity to also say it and i'm sure other people listening will feel that (laughs) maybe and you know i i also don't like don't mean to erase any type of like queer presence in old-time music because i that is awesome you know um i want to be a part of that community i feel like i'm not really part of any community in old-time music right Mm. now i think i don't know i i (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny i've learned from instagram Like, compulsory heterosexuality isn't just about, like, uh, any type of blatant, like, you have to be with a man. Or, like, my mom saying, oh, I just want you to marry a rich engineer. (laughs) Uh, man. Did she say that to you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in folklore. Of course she wants me to marry (laughs) mom. That's great. If. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's about, like, it's about, like, very, like, insidious ways that our desire is shaped on a very, like, personal and individual level. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I think, you know, it's easy for me to be like, okay, I'm not going to any more festivals. I don't like festivals. They're so awkward. Yeah. And uh, blame it all on the various ways I feel. Uh, old-time music excludes a lot of people. Yeah. Hmm. Well, do you want to play another tune? 
No, I'm done. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want to play next? Um. Oh my gosh, can't even see my list anymore. What? What did we have? Um. Wh- why don't we do that? Polly put the kettle on. Oh yeah, let's do that. Which Which Polly is this? Oh yeah, this is the Polly put the kettle on from Bard Ray. Yeah, great. I had never heard this one before. This one rules. It's a funky little upbeat number. Thanks for bringing it. (laughs) Oh, hopefully I remember. On that banjo. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's. You sound so good. <laughs> Thank you. That tune is like so. Uh, it's just like so cocky. <laughs> I love that. Spreading its stuff. Yeah, to bring back the compulsory heterosexuality. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's just like. Yeah, it's got a lot of. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of that energy. Its spirit was strong. Its spirit was strong. That's a Tumblr reference uh, yeah. to my. Folk fic, which is called The Pull of the Bow. 
The po oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. I'm like afraid to read it if I if I'm gonna like read it and be like I know this is I know this is like satirical but I'm afraid to read it and be like God damn it this is hot. <laughs> so, like, that's the thing that I'm concerned about. Oh my god, there is a really steamy scene that doesn't involve any. Um, like physical touch or nudity it's <laughs> it's uh it's just it's the concert when they're making very intense eye contact because who doesn't ever want to make contact with someone who's on stage right that's right. so hot yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh this is kind of out of order for the show <laughs> Because usually I ask this first, but I I don't actually know how you how you started playing music in the first place. <laughs> when was that? Why? How? I was in college. Um, Any music? That was first music. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I was a Suzuki kid. There it is. Boo! <laughs> Boo! I love Suzuki kids. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just I'm I'm uh, I'm satirizing other you know. The gatekeepers yeah, that we've right. been talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was a Suzuki kid, and then call. I, I wasn't, like, um, a super serious, but I, I had done it for a long time in college, I, mm. uh, before I came to college. I didn't want to continue in college, and I was kind of looking for an outlet to... Actually, this is funny. <laughs> I was looking for an outlet uh, to play... I wasn't looking. I was kind of uh, soul-searching. Yeah. And... Um, I was, like, kind of following this person around because I thought they were, uh, the sun and the moon. Were, were they the sun and the moon? Oh, no, no. Oh, no! no not for me. Um, <laughs> not for you. That's a good save to that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, uh, so I was following around, uh, came, accidentally, like, came upon the local folk music uh, concert series, um, and then a person there was like, you should go to the Shakies if you play an instrument, and the funny thing was, um, so this, I guess this is, like, a theme in my life about, mm. like, worrying about being too loud and, uh, mm. making myself quiet. I, uh, bought a, uh, a very cheap electric violin. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Not to, like, do anything funky, although I had hopes, um, but just to be quiet and play. Yeah. Huh. So I was going to the jam. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody who was at the jam. Hano, Hano Meingast, uh, like a mentor of mine and friend. Hmm. And I was like, all I have is this um, electric violin. Would that work? I don't know. I knew nothing about this kind of music. Yeah. And I was like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my mom was nice enough. She was living in Canada. And um, it was just like four, four hours across the border. And she drove me my violin and then I went to the subsequent Wednesday jam at the Pretty Shaky String Band mm. and um, I didn't I, I mean I, don't, I didn't stop going oh, man. don't stop never stop <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the that'll be the parenthetical title <laughs> of the episode people are gonna go into it thinking it's gonna be way different <laughs> <laughs> inspiration porn episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is actually super ironic because as I, I mentioned to you beforehand, I was like, I, I, I'm really, I don't know what my relationship to this music is anymore. Yeah. 
Hmm. I. Do you want me to continue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why I wasn't talking. <laughs> I. I just. I. I don't know if I can be super fluent about it. Hmm. Um. I just don't know if I like it. You so the music itself. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what out because the thing is, I I love, I love playing with people. Yeah. Um, but when I'm by myself, uh, which the pandemic has uh, made, yep. So that I'm lonely all the time. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just I don't play, and I I don't have the urge to play. Hmm. And I'm not listening to old time music that much, and I just I guess I I feel like I lost my passion for it. Because it, it, when I started, it used to be a big part of my identity. Yeah. Um, my main friends were the uh, people in the Pretty Shaky String Band who were all, you know, decades older than me. Mm. And my main social outlet. And, um, and that's just changed over the years. And now, I mean, maybe it's the stress of the pandemic and the stress of being in school or whatever. I just... I don't know. Do I like it? And then also there's the... Um, like, do I do I want to like it? Like, what is yeah. grappling with the history of this music and sure, which is this? You know, as other people have said way more fluently than I will, grappling with the history of this country as a settler colony, um, yeah, settler colonialism where white people came and stole land from Native Americans, yeah, uh, the institution of slavery, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is still. Uh, essential to the way our society, uh, democracy, quote unquote democracy, and um, economy functions today, among yeah. other things. I'll, I'll, Mike, I don't Mike, Mike Bloomberg factors. used prison labor to make calls for his campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a couple months ago. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. Still slavery. So I don't know. I mean, I, what's what is your passion like? Like, what does that actually feel like? old-time music what, what, to you oh do i come across as like a super passionate old-time musician well i don't know i guess my assumption is that anybody who plays this music is pretty passionate about it. that's an that's a this is a great thing to talk about because i think th if we're talking about like social performing on a stage but in conversations and on social media about old-time music I think that people like to perform uh, nerdiness <laughs> and like devotion to old time music to varying extents in varying ways. But it's like a, I, uh, it's not dissimilar to the way that some people act in church communities when they do public praying for people. <laughs> Or things like that. <laughs> or like, you know, it's like uh, there's this... I don't know if you have this background at all or if this means anything to you. But when, you know, when people ask each other, like, what tunes have you been working on? It it, it does remind me of, like, how's your walk with Jesus? <laughs> like this question, <laughs> which I heard a lot uh, growing up and in my adulthood. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's this, um, I think there's this pressure that people resist or 
but more often than not don't resist to be like we're all in right like this is like what we're doing and I wonder if it has something to do with the fear that if we're not then it'll it'll die like church <laughs> you know because it, it, it's one of those things where it's like can it exist casually you know what I mean it's like I mean I, I don't I, yeah. I sort of don't feel like you know most religions can you have to have some sort of like dogmatic element and I feel like everyone to some extent is sort of deciding whether they want to contribute to the fervor and to the like yeah we all love old time music here right we don't ever get tired of fiddles right <laughs> you know and uh, so I don't know I, I feel like I don't know I feel complicated about it I still I still really enjoy it uh, in general and uh, but I do my my feelings about the community have changed a lot mm-hmm. um, and ultimately I think gotten richer <laughs> you know and like the ties that I have in the community have gotten deeper and the bound and and I'm also learning how to set up certain kinds of boundaries uh, even well I don't know if I sh- if I've really earned saying that because I also have literally thousands of parasocial relationships and it's really weird to manage so i think i have pressure to like like old time music mm-hmm. so i don't know but that that's my take is that there's like a kind of a a, a sort of a religious pressure to do it mm-hmm. yeah i i i i think i would agree with you um well i do agree with you and i think that's why when you're maybe lonely in a pandemic (laughs) wondering what to do for fun or not finding any enjoyment in anything you uh it is hard to do old music old time music casually because if you're not doing the things like what you just mentioned like listening all the time um or learning new tunes learning obscure tunes to educate other people slipping on that hill (laughs) (laughs) then you're not doing it right yeah that's such a great point that yeah thank you you're making me understand my own relation to the the music better and i mean i do just want to reiterate like I, i i do i love playing with people and i'm i'm so thankful for the people at melissa we're at melissa's house right now um yeah people like melissa and brandon and um, adam who sadly moved away who welcomed me into this new community Mm. and um are inclusive and nice and um they don't at least at least to my face they don't care if i don't (laughs) learn new (laughs) to um yeah but that's the part that i like playing with people and like that yeah. yeah This interview rules. I'm having such a great time talking to you. This is awesome. Oh You're saying like super intense things, and I love really? it. Really? Yeah. Oh it's, my god. It's yeah. It's super intense. <laughs> I'm really into it. I can't tell you how hard it is to just sit here and listen to this without wanting to like. Oh my god, that's exactly what. what the- Really? All right. I'm interview. I'm interviewing Melissa tomorrow. (laughs) Melissa, you can you can chime in on all of your hot takes on the things (laughs) that Molly's saying. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. Let's play one more tune, then say goodbye, and then play another tune after that, and then play a bonus track. Okay. Let's let's do that. There's three more tunes. (laughs) 
Um, oh, shit. Yeah. What do you want to play next? Um, fuck. I can't even read my list anymore. It's so dark here. Um, do you want to What did light? we practice? Um, I don't remember how many things we practiced. <laughs> At a certain point, we just stopped. Do you want to play that E tune? You had a tune in E you wanted to play. Yeah, I do. I want to... Yeah. And I want to talk about this. Because it's someone who's been really important um, in my life um, as a mentor. Hmm. And a friend... Um, this is a tune that we will play. This is... is a <laughs> After we tune. Um, from my That was written by, by my friend Mike Ross, who is my birthday tr- twin from a different decade. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I think... I learned a lot about old time music, a lot of the good aspects of old time music yeah. from him, and I continue to learn from him. And um, yeah, I don't know, mad a, a lot of appreciation for him and mm. the pretty shaky string band community. Mm. So yeah, I want to play one of his tunes. Um, he he has these great uh, what do you call them medleys? He he plays for dances. Um, and I wish I could remember. Fucking hell! I'm gonna. I don't have my phone. I. I okay. Listen to the rescue again. She's got the snacks. She's got the yard. She's got the light. Okay. So, yeah, he has all these funky names for tunes that like actually have real meaning. Um, well, at least I think they 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 have expl- explanations. And the one we're gonna play is called Elderberry maple and a cow's horn and it is the third song in the trio number three for deborah highland (laughs) oh great okay i'm getting up to uh my e tuning what's this one called one more time this tune is written by mike ross and it's called elderberry maple and cow's horn Mike, you said sure. I'm so sorry if I got that wrong, Mike. You know this. This should really should be a call for Mike, uh, for for him, for you, Mike, <laughs> to uh, put it out there, so we can have the definitive version. Great. Okay. Thank you. 
I put my foot off and I... Oh, sorry. I was just making sure I knew where my fingers were. <laughs> that was great. Let's keep that. Yeah. That was awesome. What a cool tune. I know. He's a cool guy. It's a cool scene. Hey, you're you're cool. <laughs> I was gonna say you're a cool guy. You're, <laughs> you're a cool person. You're a cool scene. This is awesome. This is so fun. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I I just feel I feel compelled. I mean, when I ugh, this week when I was thinking about oh my god, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? The thing that came to mind is like I I just want to like talk about all my friends who are so awesome in this music and I want to mention them because. Uh, but I can't because there's so many and I love mm. them all and I miss them and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. This pandemic sucks. Um, yes. But I miss you all. That's a, that's a, that's a lovely thing to put in, in the promotions time. Here's <laughs> what I want to promote is I miss my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Well, what do you want to do for the last tune? Oh, flippity flack. You 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 did mention you like Benton Flippin's Bile of Cabbages Town. Oh, I do. Do you want to do that? That's a nice rowdy one. Let's do a nice rowdy one after that's that sweet one. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna take me I I'm a very lazy fiddler and like don't cross tune that often, so that's gonna take me a second. Which cross tune what, what is A. It? It's in A? Okay, great. That's where I am. Oh, Ooh, my, my band's just so rattly. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's buy them couches down, boys. <laughs> Wait, is this my final goodbye? This is the final one. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks to everyone who's still with us. <laughs> You're the true, true believers. You're the true old-time enthusiasts. Has- <laughs> Hashtag the pull of the bow. <laughs> Um, let's see, how does it go? Thank you. 
Good tag. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube. And you can fund the show at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Don't forget to come to Georgia on our minds December 6th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific in the Quarantine Happy Hour Facebook group. Hope to see you there. You can order a t-shirt, mask, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available at all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>